Hello, and welcome to the Dissing My Ability podcast. I am your host, Ken Meeker, certified professional coach and owner of Vitality Career Coaching. Today, I am excited to introduce a uh, another fellow coach as my guest. And so without further ado, I'd like to introduce Marcia Wall. Welcome. Hi, thank you, Ken. Thank you for uh, coming on to the show and um, adding your voice to the conversation. I really do appreciate it. Hopefully you can uh, take a moment and just uh, introduce yourself to the audience, you know, what you do um, as a coach, and maybe just in a general sense, let them know how you've been personally affected by disability. Of course, anything you disclose is up to you, but just so that they can kind of have a context of how disability has affected you. Sure, absolutely. So I'm a career coach. I'm certified through the National Career Development Association. I'm also certified as a global career development facilitator. I'm a certified peer recovery coach through Recovery Innovations International, and I've been working uh, for over 20 years, really helping people to realize and exceed their own expectations. I began actually as a kindergarten teacher. I taught kindergarten, both bilingual and trilingual kindergarten for a few years, and then I graduated, so to speak, to teaching writing at the college level at San Diego City College, University of San Diego, as well as the University of New Orleans. What I quickly realized along the way was that I enjoyed motivating people and helping them to reach their goals and counseling them rather than grading papers for a living. That was not my particular joy. And so eventually I found my way into the world of career services and I started off as an employment specialist at Jewish Family Service and then eventually worked for Compass Career Counseling and now for myself. I love what I do. I work with people who have a growth mindset. I work with people in a holistic manner, but in a strategic manner. I help them to find jobs, to get promotions. But really, the majority of my work, Ken, is helping people to develop their professional story and to figure out what they want to do. So certainly, I do the strategic and tactical aspect of job searching. But my primary role is in career exploration and helping people to figure out what they want to do next. That's a fun part of the job, I certainly. Um, <laughs> I it's my favorite. That yeah, that part, that part's fun. And um, with regard to disability, how has it um, impacted you on a personal level um, in your in your life? Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to share that. So when I was 27, I was diagnosed with major depression. And to be honest, I didn't think that's what it was. And, you know, a few years later, I was diagnosed with bipolar two disorder. And that made more sense to me because as I like to say, in our family, mental illness doesn't run in our family, it stands still. Um, we have many people in our family who deal with bipolar disorder. And initially, it did feel like a disability to me because I had um, difficulty maintaining employment, um, you know, kind of having a stable life. But as I went into therapy and was on medications and learned the coping techniques, I've really been able to create a stable lifestyle for me that works well. And part of that is working for myself. And because of that lived experience, I have been able to help other individuals, maybe who have bipolar disorder, anxiety, maybe they have some trauma, you know, as a result of some, you know, traumatic events in their lives. You know, perhaps they're just de just depressed because of COVID mm -hmm. and everything that's happened in the last two years. But anyone who comes to me with a growth mindset and or a recovery mindset, I feel like I'm uniquely qualified to help them, you know, with their career services. 
Now, Ken, to be clear, I'm not a therapist. I don't act like a therapist and I never represent myself as a therapist. However, with that peer coaching certificate from Recovery Innovations International, I do have a unique set of tools that can add to my toolbox when I'm helping people to achieve their career goals. I mean, I think, as you know, careers are a huge factor in our lives. And so when I'm working with people, it's not just about, hey, what job do you want to get? I really work with people to help them imagine the lives they want to create and then to think about their career choices and how that fits into their life goals so that they can live their best personal and professional lives. Exactly. You 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 summed that up uh, quite eloquently there. It's sometimes, as you know, as a career coach and an executive coach, uh, it gets compartmentalized as it's just one aspect of a life. And it's like, no, that my approach to it is very similar to yours. It's okay. What do you want out of life? Now let's make, let's find that career. That's the component that's going to afford you that life. And let's make sure that that fits into it and your long-term goals. It's, it's much more holistic as, as a big, big picture. And then, you know, you zoom into the career aspect. One, another thing that you touched on, you know, with regard to, um, you know, disability and, you know, being bipolar and depression and stuff like that. I don't think that sometimes there's enough of a conversation that occurs with regard to how intersectionality and how disability plays into that. I think with it, with regard to, you know, bipolar disorder or schizophrenia or any sort of, you know, mental illness, there are those things that are with treatment and with therapy. I've had a lot of it. It saved my life depression and those types of things because there's so much stigma associated with things like depression and mental illness people are afraid to get help sometimes or they saw a bad therapist and so they never see one again how do you approach that subject with people sometimes when because it's a touchy subject because of stigma because i mean a lot of misunderstanding out there i think in the world about it how do you breach that topic with people to where there's an honest conversation about it well, I think so. I have a couple of thoughts that I will bring up. And first of all, I will tell you that, you know, I didn't know for about 10 years that I have bipolar disorder. And certainly I knew something was wrong. I didn't know what was wrong. And I took my sort of failure to thrive after college as a personal fault. You know, I grew up very privileged. I didn't have to pay to go to college. I had every single advantage in the world with supportive parents. And so when my career wasn't taking off and when other areas of my life um, didn't thrive in the way that I thought they should, I thought it was my fault. And I began to think that maybe there might be some mental health issues. And I looked around at the people in my family and I thought, I, that that's not me. I don't want to be that. And so I just need to work harder. I need to try harder. And I didn't seek help. And so I had that self-stigma for a very long time. And when I work with my clients, you know, if they reveal to me that they're dealing with a mental health issue, then certainly we will address that. And I try to normalize that mm -hmm. and, you know, let them know that, hey, almost every single person that comes to me is dealing with some sort of anxiety or depression. And even if, if not in a clinical way, when you start a career services exploration program, it's destabilizing. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you feel super confident, and quite frankly, no one does, everyone comes to me with some level of that imposter feeling. And, mm -hmm. and that's something that I work on a lot with clients too. But I normalize it. And I talk about the steps that people can use to deal with those types of feelings and let them know that progress is progress. 
and that, um, you know, we're not striving for perfection. We're not striving for perfection with their career. We're not striving for perfection within this process. And I liken it sometimes to trick-or-treating that we just need to go out, explore, get the good candy, pass off the bad candy to others <laughs> and um, enjoy the process. Yeah, I I, I, I I like that a lot, you know, that the Halloween reference, because, you know, there's somebody out there that likes candy that you don't like. <laughs> and so let them let them have it. But you also said something with regard to you feeling like you had a, your failure was a personal thing, that, that something was wrong with you. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Brene Brown. And one of the things that she often talks about is the difference between making a mistake and feeling that you are a mistake or you're a failure versus, you know, you failed at something. Sure. And I know, like in my experience with disability and working, you know, because I work within the uh, visual impairment, low vision, blind, I've done, I do a lot of work within that space. Something that I, that I've encountered is the self stigma of, or even from other people, well, you can't do that because you're blind, or you can't do that because of this or this or that. And I think sometimes we attach those labels to ourselves, even if we didn't have them initially. Sure. Because we hear it so often. And so we put ourselves in a box. And some of the work that I think is needed is to help people get out of that box, that whether it's society or themselves or whoever's put them in it, to realize that that box is artificial, that it doesn't really exist, that you're only limited, your potential is only limited by the limits that you try to place on yourself. Because everybody has limits regardless like you know i say all the time i'm never going to be a basketball player a basketball star because i it has nothing to do with my side or anything else it's just something i'm never going to be good at to that level so with regard to helping people sort of remove that sense of like that they're flawed because you know with depression which is something i've suffered from for a long time getting out of that space in that cycle can be a challenge and so what sort of how do you engage with your clients in terms of helping them maybe get out of that cycle if they're like ah well i've tried that or i've tried that it's not going to work that and of course you have a growth mindset with your clients but that cycle can be um debilitating and destabilizing for people sometimes oh absolutely and i'm a strength-based coach i believe that we all come with innate strengths and you know when we get education or training you know on the job training right wherever we learn something um, you know, that is a strength as well. We also have personal value strengths. Are you kind? Are you compassionate? Uh, we have skill-based strengths in eight, like I'm a communicator. I am a negotiator. I am a um, facilitator. And then you also, people also have specific strengths, like I'm really good at Microsoft Office or I'm a baker. And then I, I help people to identify those strengths. I help them to identify their accomplishments and to look at those objectively. And then I also help them to think about what impact that they want to have on a world in the world and what their vision and what their vision is and what their mission is and how they execute that. And so no matter where somebody is at with a mental health issue, what I do is I just collect the data. I help them to collect the data. We put it on paper, on the screen, whatever you know, however you want to say that. Mm -hmm. And we take a look at the data together and I help them to say, look, this is what the evidence points to. That doesn't mean that you don't also feel this way sometimes. However, 
we can look at it objectively and say that that's not true all of the time. And the other thing that I do is help them to look at uh, fact versus feelings. Mm-hmm. So people may tell themselves a story. I'm a failure. I don't know how to do this. I'm depressed all the time. And I ask them to take a look and say, is that really a feeling or is that a fact? And I don't pay, I don't tell people not to feel their feelings because feelings are real. Yeah. But what I do, and I don't tell anyone to do anything, Ken, I invite them. So you know what? I really invite you to reflect upon that and say, okay, I'm having this feeling today but it doesn't have to dictate how I feel about myself and it doesn't have to dictate what action I'm going to take. And Ken, I think that's really important because when it comes to career coaching, I believe for the most part, it should be action-based, right? You can reflect, you can explore, but so what, what are you going to do with that information? Mm -hmm. And people will tell me all the time, well, I'm, I'm going to wait till I feel motivated to do X, Y, Z, or I can't do that today because this is the way I feel. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, you know what, that's a choice. And if that's what you choose to believe and that's how you want to proceed, you know, by all means, go ahead and do that. An alternative might be, you know what, I don't feel motivated to do this today or I don't feel my best today, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Right. If, if we wait till we're motivated to go to the gym. It may never happen. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Yeah, it's, no. it's like you have to, you have to, I don't want to say force yourself to do it, but it's that getting over that hump is sometimes just a sheer act of willpower because it, it's hard to move through. They're sort of self-imposed obstacles. The way I kind of interact with people when I when they have that is like, okay, so let's look at both sides. If you don't do it, what's going to happen? If you do do it, what are the op- what's the opportunity? What are you missing out on by not doing it? And then you know make a choice. That's sort of how I present it to people. And more often than not, they're making the object. They're looking at things objectively. Like, oh well, if there's a- an upside to trying, why not try? You already know where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ken, and I think that you would agree with me on this. I think as would really any good career coach is that. People don't have to make huge strides in order to move forward. So true. Yeah, I'm all about creating small, achievable goals in a specified timeline, working to achieve those goals. And whatever you get done, whatever a client gets done is a success. And that's a move forward. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Right. So that motivation doesn't have to be, well, I'm going to go rewrite my resume today. It might mean... I'm going to look at three resume samples today and I'm going to see what I learned from that. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the, my entire approach to goals is you have to break it down into steps that are doable, that are manageable, that don't seem so big. You know, I think that's one of the reasons that uh, I call, I work with people separating what is a wish versus a goal. And most new year's resolutions are wishes. They're not goals because they don't, implement any sort of plan and that's a goal is always something that you can map out and it there's no sense of chance left to it where it's like okay i can make these steps and while it might not be i may not be a millionaire afterwards i will at least be doing something that will afford me the lifestyle i want and i will be happy in that career It, it should be something that you can achieve and breaking it down into as many manageable steps i think is a big part of that process 
Yeah. So, you know, we talk about goal setting and reaching goals. And I think there's a lot of meaning behind that. I think that can be a really good strategy to help people move forward. What I really focus on, and I'm sure that you do as well, is helping people to understand that goals are aspirational, but mm-hmm. they're not destinations. Correct. They should not be set in stone. They should not be set in stone. And I like to talk to people about ongoing curiosity, ongoing learning, networking, having an open mindset, being open to discovering and to or discovery and to serendipity. Mm-hmm. Because I know that if my career had gone exactly as I had planned it, I wouldn't be here today. And where yeah. I am today is exactly where I need to be. And so I really talk about the journey, the joyful journey and helping people. You know, my goal as a career coach is not to help you land the next job. If you do, that's great. And if that's a goal and that's part of it, that's great. But my goal as a coach or my approach is very holistic and Um, there's a long vision to it. So Mm -hmm. I invite my clients to think about the fact that that the skills they're learning with me today are going to be skills that they can implement over a lifetime so they can be their own career change agents and not need me again, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. I want to set them up for success so that so I don't want to have a client for life. I'm happy to if they want to, but that's not the purpose. That's not what, that's not why I became a coach. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't think that's what, you know, I don't think that's what coaching is about. I, I think agree. it's yeah. And I don't even I don't even say it's about empowering people. I believe that people whether or not they have, you know, what we might call a disability, people already come with their own zone of genius. Mm-hmm. They already yeah. come with their power. Yeah. You know, as a coach, I just hold a space for them to take a look at that, to reflect upon that and for them to be able to transform their own lives and you know, I, I that is what I love. That's what I love to do. And I'm I'm blessed to be able to do it. Yeah, I, I know how you feel. Like I, I don't do the work. The client does the work. That's how I see coaching. It's like they, they deserve the credit, not me. Oh, absolutely. My friends will say, oh, you helped so-and-so get a job. I said, I did. I absolutely did not do that. This is what I did. Yep. And this is what the client did. And I think, you know, when it circling back to the topic of disability, I think that it's important for anybody, but certainly if someone feels that they have a disability um, and especially if they feel limited by that, right, Mm -hmm. that can be the power of coaching is to show them that they have transformed their own lives and that they can go on to achieve great things and have a career over a lifetime that's going to work uh, from them. I know that, yeah, before we got on uh, tape, so to speak, right before we started recording this you and I talked about the fact that some disabilities, um, you know, some people identify with a disability and that's okay. But I think um, for many other people, they may find that society in some way disables them Mm -hmm. because society doesn't make accommodations and making accommodations isn't about doing the right thing or the altruistic thing. It's really about creating a world where everyone can make an impact to you know, to their full potential, and we all benefit as a result. And absolutely, I think, yeah, I think that's why it's important, um, why coaching is so important, and to help people to do that so that others can see that, hey, we all have a place, we all have value, we can all make a contribution. And most importantly, it's to everyone's benefit, if everyone has the opportunity to succeed. Absolutely. It's so true. We all benefit from greater accessibility. 
everyone benefits. I talked about that on one of my last shows. We were talking about we all get older as we age and wheelchair wraps benefit me as somebody with a with a visual impairment. I'd rather I'd rather take a ramp than stairs. It's safer for me, even though I'm not in a wheelchair. You know, creating those spaces for everybody, everyone benefits. Um, whether it's specifically for them or not, creating a more inclusive world where people where they have access is so important because we all are important. Everybody's important. We all matter. And removing barriers in whatever way possible is I see it as something that is my part of my mission in life is to empower or create a space so that everybody feels like they belong and so i I would i would agree with you i feel like that's part of my mission too and again i just want to reiterate that when everybody has a chance to succeed we all benefit right Mm -hmm. if um you know and not just because we can all use this ramp or you know this feature is going to help someone else but when people contribute yeah. Right. And literally contribute. Right. Means like tributary. Right. Like yeah. with your you're you're going with the flow. Everyone's part of the flow. We can only be enriched when everybody has an opportunity to be them their best selves. Absolutely. And, you know, and the the data supports that, too. And that's something that as you know, when I within the DEI space that I work in, the metrics that the data supports, the more inclusive an organization is the the better they perform financially they have better retention they have better ideas they're more innovative but the data supports it so it, it it's absolutely correct one thing i wanted to ask you about is uh, something i want to circle back to uh, sort of overcoming challenges and you said something on a, on the, the questionnaire that i sent you earlier about how important it is to let the small stuff go and that stuck out to me because i could not agree more with that statement baggage is something that holds people back a lot. I know it held me back. And it's one of the reasons I'm a huge advocate for therapy is because it helps you to sort of sort that stuff out. I'm hoping that you could sort of touch on on that subject about why it's so important to let the small stuff go and how you engage with that from a coaching sort of standpoint for what you do. <laughs> well, Ken, I'm going to be 100% <laughs> honest with you. I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. I'm not sure exactly what I meant by that when I wrote that to you at, at a different time. So, but, but I will say that I think it's important to focus on larger goals mm-hmm. and focus on really quite frankly, our happiness and not in a selfish way. Right. Yeah. yeah. But if we are living our best lives, then we're contributing best to society and society benefits as a whole. You know, I know in the past, if something wouldn't go my way, or I felt like I had failed at work, or that I had made a mistake, I might focus on that. Mm-hmm. And when I look over a lifetime, I realize I don't even remember most of those instances. And and so what's the point in focusing on those? That's just going to hold us back. And I think it's important to think forwardly, to celebrate mm-hmm. strengths to, and one of those strengths, right, is to focus on how we can cope and navigate and adapt. Yep. And if I think if we're doing that, then we're going to be able to move forward. And that is what I think what we want to do in careers. That's what we want to do in life. And I think that is the purpose of coaching. So focus on the positive. And that doesn't mean that you have to be Pollyannish about challenges. Those can be real. But 
Don't let those hold you back. Life is short. Move forward. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's like toxic positivity, like acknowledge the stuff that's there because it's real, but don't let it consume you. All right. It's there. Yep. That happened. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. You know, because it happened. You can't change it. So there's no point in dwelling on it. Just, all right, it happened. Let's, let's move forward. Let's learn something and move forward. Um, yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned toxic positivity. And, you know, I'll let you explain what that is. Um, but I would say it's okay to grieve for things, grieve for mm-hmm. what might have been, grieve for, you know, whatever you feel a loss of, and and then let that go. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Let it Let it go. Let it go and move forward. Absolutely. Toxic positivity is sort of negating anything that's bad, that it's not really there, just kind of, they can manifest itself in both ways where it's like oh look at the bright side well sometimes you know if you're in and it's what i think toxic positivity is so damaging to people that are clinically depressed because it just makes that it's sort of makes them feel not seen if Mm because if somebody's clinically depressed i don't want to say nails on a chalkboard because it's worse than that but it just (laughs) grinds you if because you can't see that 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 it's just it's it's awful um i think there's a book that i read many years ago called Emotional Resilience uh, by uh, David Biscott. And it was a, it's a profound book. And it's really just about how to, and how important it is to reconcile all the stuff that has happened in your life because it happened, it's real. And the way to move forward is to acknowledge it. Yep, it's there, it happened, but it doesn't have to continue to, especially with trauma, it doesn't have to continue to cause damage to me. I can acknowledge it and I can move forward. I don't have to sit and let it, keep damaging me as I move through life. And I think that's so critically important to do that. Well, and I'm glad you bring that up, right? I think it gets to definition. Am I going to let things define me? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to let those things inform who I am? Yeah. And I think that's particularly important for, you know, talking about disability, people who think they have a disability, identify with a disability, have a disability. Is I'm, am I going to let this define me? Or is it going to be a part of my story? That's so and important. again, I'm not saying that you have to deny how you feel or deny a reality. But at the same time, I think we're all multifaceted human beings with multiple different types of identities and experiences. And who we are is a sum of those things. And I don't think that we're defined by any one of those things. I wholeheartedly agree. You're talking about intersectionality right there. It's we are all the things uh, each of us is and to def- you know oftentimes you know uh, in a previous show i think it was with um, uh, my friend dr martin mendelson we have a tendency i think in our culture here in the states to identify with our jobs often you know like oh so what do you do oh i'm this but we're we're not just our careers we're not just one aspect we're not just just you know living with a disability or whatever it might be i'm not just visually you know low vision i i am a lot of things and i think it's very important to be a whole person and within the employment space and the career space people need to be able to show up as their full authentic selves i think that's critically important and the more we can move in that direction i think the better off we all will be um, and happier (laughs) and more productive all of it i think it's a, a critically important aspect to look at the whole person not just part of the person I think you nailed it on the head when you said happy and productive. We can be both. Yep. And by we, I mean everybody. And I yeah, hope that yeah. <laughs> that is ultimately the work of career services 
that we can produce, right? We can contribute in a way that we were born to do and that we can also have a happiness and a joy about it. And again, that doesn't mean that it's all about me and everything has to be my way and that I have to feel 100% positive about it every day. But I think when we are living our life's purpose, then we're going to find joy in that. And that joy empowers us to bring joy to other people's lives. And I can't imagine anything greater than love and joy. I wholeheartedly agree. And I cannot think of a better place to to end as uh, on that <laughs> because I that, that that's a that's perfect. And that sums up why I think we you and I do the work we do. Absolutely. And so I want to thank you so much, Marcia Wall, for coming on and um, being my guest today and having this awesome conversation. Um, uh, can you share with uh, the audience where they can find you if they'd like to connect with you? Sure. The easiest way to find me is on LinkedIn. And my name is M-A-R-C-I-A-W-A-L-L. Um, simply, if you type Marcia Wall Career Coach into Google, I'm going to pop up and you're going to find me. And once you're there, please feel free to connect with me. Feel free to subscribe to my newsletter, Joyful Journeys, where I tell stories. Actually, clients tell their own stories of ongoing career success and happiness. And once you're connected with me, you're going to hear about the webinars that I do, more podcasts like this that I'm doing. And I want to hear from you too, you know, connect, follow, but let me know about you and how I can be of service. Awesome. 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 And there'll be a link in the description for people to follow as well. Again, thank you so much uh, for coming on and being my guest, Marcia. I really, I really do appreciate it. This has been the Dissing My Ability podcast. I am your host, Ken Meeker, certified professional coach and owner of Vitality Career Coaching. Please remember to subscribe, share, and like the podcast. And as always, remember to be kind to others and to yourself. Thank you for tuning in.